0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Shadow Talk, the weekly threat intelligence podcast that covers the latest stories impacting the industry. My name is Adam, I'm stepping in as your host this week as Victoria is enjoying some much needed annual leave. I've promised her that I won't break anything as we are sat once again in our recording studio here in London and I'm joined in the studio by Demi. Demi, how are you today? Welcome back to the office.
1: Thank you. I'm loving life being in the studio for the first time.
0: We're very glad to have you. And on the line, we have Stefano, Stefano, how are you, mate?
2: Hello, all good
1: here.
0: Excellent. How good are you? Here. Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. And also on the line, we have our podcast debutante, Kim, a recent addition to the team here at Digital Shadows. Welcome, Kim. How are you today?
3: Adam, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do my first podcast.
0: Fantastic. That is exactly what we like to hear. Well, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for the industry since our last recording. Plenty of content to discuss, so let's get to it. I'm going to begin by introducing our first topic, the backdrop of which presents a slight change into what is typically reported. The TrickBot Trojan is a malicious tool that has featured in our discussions on the podcast and is regularly reported on, given its popularity and the continuous updates it receives from its operators. But about a week ago, reporting suggested that TrickBot had mistakenly left a test module running, which warned its victims that they were infected with TrickBot. And it even recommended that they contact their administrator to sort it out. Now, this is likely a rare error for a tool that has had such a great impact and has been developed over time into a pretty pretty nifty asset for cybercriminals. But one has to laugh when it accidentally lets users know that TrickBot is active on their machine. So that's a rather light-hearted intro into our first topic of conversation this week, which is going to focus on the resurgence of Emotet after another one of its holidays that has spanned for five or so months of inactivity. And it's been observed delivering TrickBot to its victims following successful compromise. And Kim is here to talk to us about this. Kim, if you could please give us a brief background to Emotet as a starter.
3: Yeah, so Emotet is one of the most dangerous malwares out there at the moment. Um, It first emerged back in 2014, um, when it was initially designed to steal banking information. Uh, It later added its spam module but this just shows its its longevity in the marketplace and also its danger that it's been around for so long. Um so it's been previously called Fiodo, Geodo and Mealybug, which I quite like.
0: is good, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So Emmet will deliver massive spam spam campaigns. Um Usually a malicious attachment to an email um, that once it's opened will load Demotet onto the victim machine and those emails will sometimes reply to an existing thread that you've got, which is pretty sneaky, or will lure people in with payments or job opportunities. Then in twenty eighteen, Emitex started to drop other heavy hitting malware. So we've seen it dropping ISID, Quackbot, sniff, and also password stealers like LokiBot and Azure.
0: Plenty, plenty to do that. So the mealybug thing makes sense now actually, because I was reading a story today whereby a team of security researchers, their Twitter handle is Let's Hunt for Mealybugs, and they yeah, use the actual go. image of the mealy bug on their Twitter profile. And I was confused for a bit, but that makes sense now. So thank you for clearing that up. Um, and this isn't the first time that Emotet has returned to action after a period of inactivity, is it?
3: No, it, it takes regular breaks like we all should. Um, in 2019, it took a break over Christmas and we saw it back in January this year. And then it also took an extended break over the summer. So it's a long line in its breaks and, and holidays. And I'm sure there'll be more to come as well.
0: Even malware developers have to take holidays, right, to avoid burnout. Uh, yeah, you need
3: a screen break if you're working from home.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and it's actually not the first time that the tool has been observed d- delivering TrickBot as well. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's right. Um, emitter has been dropping TrickBot for a long time, so not not long after it tr- Transformed into a dropper, so as well as those as those other malwares I mentioned, it's it's been partnered with TrickBot for quite some time. It's probably what it's best known for, and um, from where it presents the most danger, I would say, because those two in in tandem are, are pretty powerful. TrickBot, as you mentioned, is a sophisticated banking trojan, and it can steal all sorts of data. But worse yet, once TrickBot is done, it will open the door to letting ransomwares like Ryuk and Conti. So an emitter infection, if you've got one of those, likely means that you've got a TrickBot infection and you've got some ransomware as well.
1: That's not, not
0: good. That's not the type of care package that any user wants, really, is it? That's like <laughs> loads of malware gifts wrapped up into one. Um <laughs> So, any any insights into why the tool takes these holidays, as it were? It kind of it tends to come back with a bang, right? So, I think this time it was something like two hundred and fifty thousand spam messages or something
3: like that. Yeah, back with a bang, and this time we've seen it swapping TrickBot out with QuackBot as well. So that's a little little different return to return to QuackBot is quite interesting. I don't know, maybe it is hoping that we'll all have forgotten about it in the time that it's been away. But it's more likely that while there isn't a massive change in the way that Emotet is operating, the threat actors will have taken some time to fine tune the malware and to also get some new infrastructure so that it can avoid detection for a little while. Um, there'll be a period of a few days or weeks between the command and control server coming back online and the detections being reported. So it's likely that that lull is when Emotech can score its most victims and do its most damage.
0: Yeah, super interesting. And maybe like it's the operators are deciding to vary the the ultimate payloads to kind of keep users guessing, security teams guessing like it's come back. We've had the resurgence, we've seen it, we've observed it uh, being active. All of a sudden it's doing its old tricks by delivering TrickBot, but then changing it up a week later and delivering Qbot instead.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's just just to keep people guessing and keep those automated detections um, guessing as well, so it can get through.
0: Great stuff. Now, our friends in Dallas discussed the account takeover and subsequent scam that affected Twitter last week. For anyone that missed that episode, attackers managed to take over the Twitter accounts of some rather high profile users, including Elon Musk, uh, Kanye West, Uber, Apple, and use this access to promote a Bitcoin scam. So we definitely recommend catching up on last week's episode if you haven't done so already, as the US team uh, takes a deep dive into the attack uh, and some more details around that, including a rather amusing take on why the threat actors didn't do more than your simple Bitcoin scam with the access that they had. But since then, further reports have emerged, uh, which have sparked debate over how the attack occurred and highlighted some of the quick responses that prevented users from parting with their Bitcoin and falling victim to the scam. Demi, perhaps you could start by giving us a high level overview of the additional details that have emerged this week regarding how the attack took place.
1: Uh, yeah, sure thing. So Twitter came out pretty quickly to confirm that this was a coordinated social engineering attack. That's their, their phrasing. Um, but since, um, since the attack last week, there's been a lot of speculation online about whether we could actually see this as more of an insider threat. Um, I saw some really interesting research from Brian Krebs that linked this attack to the sim swapping community, who are all about gaining access to the so-called OG Twitter handles, um, which are handles with like kind of super short initials. Um, And I've seen some really interesting posts that actually were made prior to that, to the hack, about a few days earlier. um, I was looking on um, account hijacking forum OG users, and I've seen posts there where one user... Um, claimed to have the ability to change an email address associated to a, to a, to a Twitter account for $250. Pretty cheap. Um, and they even go. claimed to give you direct account access for $3,000. Um, so people are starting to speculate, um, was this a more sustained, um, I guess, capability? Um, and has this been advertised on other forums? And can we maybe see this um, this attack type again? So definitely really interesting Um, Twitter's also given us some more data saying that I think about 130 accounts got breached, um, although only 45 tweeted about the uh, crypto scam. Um, They have come out to say that 36 had their DMs breached um, and others have had their Twitter data downloaded. So it will be very interesting to see if anything is done with that data going forward.
0: You don't want the DMs getting breached, do you? Not the DMs.
1: Anything (laughs) but the DMs.
0: (laughs) Great, yeah. So, you know, it's a story that's still unfolding, right? I think we've had like... for sure three or four different kind of lines of reporting come out and details emerging you know since so likely that uh, that will continue but what about these other reports as to how quickly some of the crypto firms were in responding to the scam
1: yeah definitely so um cryptocurrency exchange coinbase came up pretty quickly as well saying they've rented thousands of pounds worth of bitcoin being transferred i think in the end um it was about 120 120- I'm not sure that's pounds of dollars that was actually taken in the scam, but um, Coinbase have claimed that they prevented thousands more being transferred. Um, they shut down pretty quickly um, in terms of their capacity, So, um, and they actually blacklisted the hacker's wallet address. Um, so they claim they've prevented $280,000 going into that wallet, which is good you know, work very strong work not, not all heroes wear capes so yeah shout, shout, shout out to Coinbase Thanks yeah guys.
0: shout out to those guys definitely and great to see that for the most part the attack you know could have been far worse uh, and you know a nice reminder that Twitter remains a credible target for attention seeking hackers yeah definitely Great stuff. So if any of our listeners want to read more about that story, it is going to feature in the weekly intelligence summary this week. So head to the resources section of the Digital Shadows website to check that out if you'd like to read more. And we are going to finish with a couple of interesting stories concerning APT groups, one of which effectively conducted the type of cyber cyber espionage that we typically associate with these groups and another that gave away some insights into how they conduct their operations. Uh, Demi, you're going to kick us off with this recent activity attributed to APT 29. What's going on here?
1: It's been a big news week for the UK intelligence community, that's for sure. Um, so this is an advisory from the National Cybersecurity Centre, um, which, of course, has come out very similar timing to the long-awaited ISC Russia report. So there's lots going on. Um, that This advisory from the NCSC has announced that a uh, Russian state-associated APT29, aka Cozy, Cozy Bear, has been targeting US, UK and Canadian vaccine research bodies with the likely intent of stealing information. It's also interesting... Um, they, ha- um, the advisory mentioned um, custom malware variant Wellmess, which hasn't been associated with the group before. So interesting stuff.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And not the first. We talked about state associated espionage to do with COVID a couple of weeks ago, maybe the episode before that. And likely not the last espionage campaign associated with the pandemic, especially as there's more reporting around vaccine development.
1: Definitely. It feels like we've been talking about COVID for weeks and weeks on the podcast now. (laughs) We can't get away from it, can we? (laughs) I mean, that's for sure. But I think the stakes are definitely feeling higher, um, especially as we're starting to see some really positive results coming out of some of the vaccine research, Um, especially from from the University of Oxford. We've seen the UK government is massively pre-ordering stockpiles. um, And even the kind of debate about um, the price for end users and um, vaccines is hotting up now. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely feeling a more serious threat, um, and especially kind of once these vaccines are actually ready for the world population, this is going to be a really, really concerning threat for everyone.
0: Absolutely. And like you say, quite timely, given that the report was released uh, this week regarding the cyber threat posed to the UK uh, by Russia. We're not gonna, we don't have enough time on this podcast to go in and talk about that in great detail, but interesting uh, nonetheless that those kind of two things were a week apart.
1: Lots to read, that's for sure. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Uh, so in a rather drastically different fashion, Stefano is going to tell us a little bit about some news regarding APT35, which emerged this week.
2: Yeah, so this one is pretty interesting because uh, threat researchers usually have to go through the time consuming task of piecing together like a massive amount of small data in order to get a glimpse behind the actions, intentions, and capabilities of state sponsored hacking groups. Uh, but that's not the case in today's story. Uh, a story that actually confirms how the human element is possibly the weakest link in cybersecurity. Uh, In this story, uh, IBM researchers have discovered a misconfigured server containing roughly five hours of footage uh, recorded by threat actors belonging to the Iranian-linked APT-35, also known, and I know Adam's going to like this, as Charming Kitten.
0: Fantastic alias. Yeah, one of my favorites, I reckon. Popular in the office as well.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how you could not love that. Uh, yeah, so there are like five hours of footage there and uh, the data contained uh, uh, around like 40 gigabytes of footage displaying the modus operandi of this threat group and the way it targeted, among others, are U.S. Navy officers and a Greek naval officer. Um, and this footage appears to be some sort of training for junior, ha- for junior hackers in this organization. And uh, it is very important to notice, in my opinion, that, you know, state-sponsored groups are often linked with high level of sophistication in their attacks. But the tactics and procedures displayed in these videos are basic account hijacking techniques and labor-intensive repetitive tasks that are actually crucial in every large-scale phishing campaign. Uh, And this is in line, actually, with our overall knowledge of APT35 espionage campaigns that have often pivoted around the use of well-oiled fishing as its first point of intrusion. Um, and uh, yeah, as linked with what the Demelta was saying before, uh, this group was also linked with vaccine stories related to the COVID-19 and with the 2020 American presidential campaign. So I'm afraid we will hear more about them in the, in the, in the near future.
0: You have to take a minute to smile about these things, right? Especially when- I love this story. Yeah. It's
1: just, it's just perfect. Like, this is like every researcher's dream. Exactly.
0: But also <laughs> interesting in that, you know, it's not like we unearthed uh, a bunch of, you know, really sophisticated techniques and this wasn't like a massive surprise to everyone. The surprise here was that they're actually using pretty straightforward uh, TTPs, right? Yeah, um,
2: Exactly. And and the cool thing is, yeah, exactly as you were saying, they didn't show, you know, uh, this group exploiting new zero days vulnerabilities or stuff like that. But at the same time, it's unique in its way in which you could give us a glimpse in the way these groups work internally. So the fact that they record, you know, training videos for potentially junior hackers in the same way any other companies does internally. so It's pretty cool stuff
0: yeah absolutely uh, and did you did you mention just then how the data was exposed or can you tell us how how that, how that came about
2: yeah so basically these researchers tumbled upon this misconfigured server and uh, the the researchers have found just the data was laying them just plain for them to use and uh discover so yeah that was most probably a human error behind everything so
0: APT OPSEC, hey? I got to see
2: you.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Stefano. Uh, an interesting story for sure. Uh, like you said, APT 35 definitely have one of the best aliases, Charming Kitten. Um, one, th- one that gets me every time. Um, so that is it for the stories that we're going to discuss today. Talking about cool aliases, though, would you guys like to hear my malware name of the week this week?
3: Absolutely. Yes,
0: Yes, you would. Now, this one is a bit of a blast from the past, but given that we're now going ahead with this feature, I'm kind of going back to some of my old favorites that I've been meaning to include on the podcast for a while. Uh, and the campaign that it, this piece of malware was used in actually cropped up in some reading that I was doing this week, so I just thought I'll stick it in. So the dad bod malware is a credential-stealing tool <laughs> that was used in a temp periscope campaign which targeted the Cambodian elections in 2018. It's primarily used to steal user cookies. Uh, so, yeah, dad shout out. with the dad bod? Yeah, only... Yeah. <laughs>
1: If, they, if there was a
0: malware sophisticated enough to only target those that actually rocked the dad bod, that would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it?
1: Stealing cookies, not girls. Exactly.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so shout out to all the fellas working on their dad bods ready for the end of lockdown. That, one, uh, that one's definitely up there on my list of favourites. Excellent. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening today. Thank you to my panel for joining Uh, We hope that everyone stays safe and we will speak to you uh, next time when we are recording in London. Thanks, guys.